Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and I'm thrilled to be with Tonya Don Reckla today, and we're going to be discussing sex, love, and superpowers. Uh, Tonya is the founder of Superpower Experts. She's also the co-founder of the Clear Business Directory, along with her husband, Justin. She's a former counterintelligence agent who now loves to help people unlock their superpowers so that they can help to change the world. She is a mentor of mine and also someone who I'm honored to call a dear friend. I love this woman so much. She is like probably one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. and. I love everything she stands for. So I'm just super, super honored and thrilled to have you here today, Tonya. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Well, that, that feeling is absolutely mutual. And, um, you know, to, to use your verbiage, you've really helped hold space and, and, and create containers that, that I could never have foreseen and certainly never dreamt possible. So um, very much mutual. Oh, yay. And I am so excited that I get to finally ask you this question. <laughs> Tables are turned. Tables are turned. <laughs> so, Tonya, what are your superpowers? What a great question. <laughs> uh, you know, we're laughing because, you know, ever since the inception of the Superpower Up podcast, that, that's been the, the first question. We've carried that forward and all of our shows use it. So it's such a fantastic question. And so, um, you know, but so thank you because to be able to answer that question on this end of things is kind of fun. I, many, you know, as I believe everybody has many, um, but the main ones I'm playing with these days is multidimensional mastery, um, which I'm super fascinated with. Um, if, if anybody else is like me and they exhaust things easily, the multidimensional multidimensionality of things really um, this game is, is like none other. Like I have yet to exhaust it. For the foreseeable future, I think it's going to continue to, to feed and excite me in ways that nothing else really has. And to build businesses and create collaborations in that space is like nothing I've ever experienced before. And so um, that, that's the biggest one that I like to play with. I, I also, um, you know, I attune people, not in the traditional energy work kind of way, but um, I agreed a long time ago to be the, the messenger. And, and I do it through words and communication and help provide clarity to things that and concepts that that people have difficulty believing for themselves because you know they have they're playing their own internal game they have all their own doubts and fears and everything else happening um so when people sit with me and dialogue with me they naturally connect with an aspect of themselves that most of them um for for a lot of people it's the first time so i get the amazing amazing work of of being with people when they connect with themselves for the very first time. And, and it, there's nothing, um, nothing like it. Like it, it, anyway, I mean, it just moves me every single time. And I'm just in total awe and gratitude of the connection I have with God and source in this journey. And to be able to be the embodiment of that, um, is, is a tremendous honor. And, And I don't, I don't take that lightly. Um, but that's, those are the worlds I play in. Yeah, I often think of you as like a human tuning fork. <laughs> whenever, whenever I hear you say that, you know, 
you tune people. I'm like, yeah, she totally does. Like you hold the, you hold the resonance and people get to come into that resonance when they're, mm. when they're with you. And it is beautiful. It is such a gift to work alongside you. Um, Thank you. Well, and, and what's funny is people don't see it coming. Like that's the, like, I'm not, I'm not the traditional packaging of somebody that would do that work. I know a lot of people do energy work and attunement work and everything else, but it's so funny because it's like, we're just, people think they're just meeting with me to like have a dialogue or like, you know, maybe get some insight or, or advice on their business or something. And then it's like, like they never see it coming. They're like, Whoa, what was that? You know? So it's really, um, that's, that's kind of a fun part for me. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that I love about you. I think the most, um, because it because it is so, it is so not the traditional, you know, woo-woo package that you would expect necessarily that these gifts are are contained within. And I'm sure a lot of people are curious. I know when I when I talk about you with with friends and colleagues and I share that you were a former counterintelligence agent for the US military, people are like, what? You know, how how did you go? How did you go from from that world into this world of consciousness and superpowers? Oh my gosh, what a crazy story. But but it's funny. I'm glad you brought this up because I think that a big part of, I'm going to segue for just a second into something else and I'll come back. But the, I, I think that it's so crucial that we kind of counter that, not counter, but really bring this stuff to light because there's a lot of judgment around that. So the people that I started off attracting, it happened because I had that background and because I look really good on paper and it's like, I've got the master's degree and I've got like, I've checked a lot of boxes basically. Mm-hmm. And that gave people the credit credibility and, and validation they needed to even start listening. And then what I started to experience was the, um, the perceptions from more of the woo woo kind of energy, spiritual elements and the concept of someone who was a government agent kind of doing this work, it created this real interesting dichotomy of like, uh, no, like that it's, that's just not appropriate or whatever, whatever stories they had around it. And it, it was really fascinating to me because it was like, okay, but why, why not me? And, um, and of course that was all part of my growth, but it, but I, I like that you said that because it, it really illuminates, I think this time that we're in right now. And it's like, all of the number of guests that I've had on the show, they're, they're bridges, you know, and we're bridging worlds and it's like, it's not going to look like what we thought. And this idea that people are in this space or that space, and then they have to stay in their little boxes. It just isn't working anymore. Like that served a purpose and now we can be done with it. And so, so moving beyond that space, I think is so important. Um, and I, and yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. The, the story is that it, it really, it's much more natural than it would sound initially, because coming out of the government sector, um, one, prior to that, I had a bachelor's degree in intercultural communication, a master's in critical theory, like I was extremely active, I I was an extreme activist in all things like um, race relations and and prejudice, and I I trained faculty and staff at big universities on, on how to deal with these issues in the classroom. And so this isn't that, it's not as far of a leap as it sounds. Um, when I, when I went, kind of took a little bit of a left turn there to go into counterintelligence, it wasn't for the traditional, like James Bond, like, uh, FBI conspiracy theory kind of stuff. It was, it was heightening a lot of 
of the things that I'd already done, which is kind of diving around in people's psyches. Espionage is a big head game. Um, you have to be, you know, the only way to convict for espionage is you have to be able to catch someone in the act or get them to confess. Mm. Both of those require a high degree of like being five to 10 steps ahead of somebody. And so what most people think of as counter intel and the spy and the super spook stuff, um, th that element was there, but it wasn't, that wasn't the primary kind of lead in for me. And, and it was really a much more natural fit than it would seem. And then coming out of that space, I had a lot to share about personal power and the cognitive aspects of power, being a woman in a predominantly male field, um, being raped by one of my team members on a national security surveillance mission, blah, 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 blah. That whole story moved me into the personal power kind of arena um, and helped me see my agreement to transmute some of those um, victim stories and that type of thing. And then from that space evolved into the superpowers. Now the woo woo stuff, I, I, I can accredit my husband and my daughter with really opening the space for those. I don't know <laughs> that I would have gone into those quite so willingly, but you know, when you connect with a man who's a natural channel and medium, and then you birth a child who's, who's been talking to entities and spirits and, and all kinds of other things, you know, probably in your utero, it was like, it was either, they were crazy or, you know, and I, and I would shut that down and kind of kill our relationships or, you know, jump on the bandwagon and kind of figure this stuff out. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that especially our children are definitely play a huge role in the evolution process here and in our, whether we choose to wake up and, and step up with them or not. Um, one of the questions that I have for you, you know, with superpower experts, you guys, you know, have been rocking and rolling on the superpowers thing pretty well. You didn't necessarily need to start a new show talking about sex and sex, love and superpowers. And so I'm really curious, like, why, why did you give me the space to start this show? Like, why did that feel important to you? You know, it's it's such a fascinating question because it's like there's no simple answer. I, I I believe in one of our core values of synergistic collaboration. I truly believe that the energy between us creates. And what I started to experience, I, I knew that SP was going to be a collaboration. Um, I knew that. I mean, my guidance was super clear. I, I was in resistance to a lot of it, but my guidance was very clear. Um, that it had to be collaborative. We have to bring people into the same conversation. We have to learn how to work together. And um, I didn't know what I was embarking on. I really didn't know what I'd signed up for, you know, which is probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, along the way, I started to notice this, this thing occurring where it was like every time somebody new came into the organization, I mean, we've seen many people come and go, but every time someone new came in, it was like, it was like it created this organic like blob effect of like, like now there's this whole outgrowth that didn't exist before. And it, it was this potentiality that was birthed because of the space between us. And so as I watched this happen, it was like when people show up and they choose to really play in our space, it, it, it grows them in a way that's inexplicable, but it's also growing this organism that is the business. You know, the business is not just a business. Like, it's a, it's a full-fledged, organic um, entity. And so when you and I connected, and it was just really obvious we'd gotten a lot of the same messaging, and, and I mean, 
you know, when, when tears flow, like within in the first 10 minutes of speaking to each other, like that's a good indicator. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yes, like, like we, this has to occur. And, and as we committed to the synergy of our connection, you know, again, I think people are too quick to jump to what's this going to look like and, and, and what's, you know, in the world of form, like, what does this mean? Like, are we talking a partnership? Are we talking da, 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 who's going to make money? How are we going to monetize it? Blah, 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 blah. Before they even engage in developing the synergy in the relationship. And so the, when you, when you flip that and you engage in the connection and the energy and the, the just, just committing to love each other and, and be in that connection, magic really does unfold. And so as, as, as I watched our relationship unfold and, and, and you develop in new ways and, and me develop in new ways and the business develop in new ways, it became obvious that when we're having these dialogues, it has, we have to be willing to include all of it. So to have this like holistic approach and this, um, and this real um, fleshed out and robust representation of the journey. And, and when we got to talking about concepts of sex and love and relationships and stuff, it, it is my belief that I could never have moved into this, um, this collaborative model if I hadn't first practiced it in relationship with my husband, in parenting our daughter, um, and, and that served as the foundation. And so to ignore that and to think that everybody's just going to be able to come together and collaborate when they're not willing to do that in the most intimate aspects of their existence mm-hmm. is erroneous. And, and I think we're leading people astray if we don't talk about that. And it's like, it, you know, we attract all these people like, oh, I want to change the world. I want to do this. And it's like, great. That sounds really all well and good. And what are you willing to do in your home? You know, what are you willing to do with your spouse? And if you continue to meet your partner or your children in a space of authoritarianism or um, old paradigms or, or power struggles or fear-based stuff, you're not going to have an, I mean, you're definitely having an impact on the world, but you're not doing what you claim to be doing. You have to really practice what you preach. And we have a lot of folks out there doing a lot of preaching and they're not, you know, behind closed doors in their homes, they're, they're not living it. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's toxic in my opinion. Yeah, I so I really want to dive more into this topic when we get back from break. We have to go to a quick break right now. Um, but before we do, will you please tell everybody where they can learn more about you? Oh, absolutely. Just go to superpowerexperts.com. I'm, I'm all over the place. You're, you're welcome to find me on social media, Tonya Don Rekla. Um, it's, it's, I'm the only one. So you're, I'm not hard to find. All right. So we've been talking with Tonya Don Reckla about sex, love, and superpowers. When we get back, stay tuned. If you are in a partnership or you want to be in a partnership, this is really valuable information that we're about to dive into. So stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master 
master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. And we're back. All right, Tonya. Um, let's, I really want to give you space to share more about your perspective on partnership because it's been so valuable for me in our relationship together um, to really see how you work with things with Justin, to hear your, your take on, you know, one of, one of the concepts that you introduced to me a while back that has been sort of just an extension of something that you know, is a, is a teaching and lesson that I've carried for a long time that everything outside of us is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. But you, you really like focused it into this place of your partner is playing out a role for you until you have internalized that aspect of yourself. And I would, I would just really love to hear you talk more about that because I think it's so valuable and just not a place that most people are willing to go or even think to go in their, in their intimate partnerships with people. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a real popular place. And, and I'll tell you why, because it's, there's so many variables. Um, so much of the work that we do is helping to illuminate the fact that there's no, that it's not black and white. There's no like nice, neat little boxes to put everybody into. Instead, we play in spaces where we're willing to give voice and energy and time and space to all the various aspects of us and, and, and how we're choosing to tie them together. The same, it, it's, it's exponentially um, expanded when you come into partnership with somebody, whether it be in a marriage type situation, in a um, business partnership, in a parenting situation, collaboration, it just doesn't matter. The, the exponential impact of, it's kind of like the concept of where two or more of you gather in my name, there also will I be, you know, bringing in biblical references. What that's speaking to in my experience is not just the idea that, you know, Jesus is there all the time, but it's, it's the idea that there is energy. And when you combine intentionality and energy, it, it, it really truly does like we're two plus two now equals 50 and 50 plus 50 equals 5,000. Like, like there's an exponential impact of that, which is really the basis for the superpower net, uh, our membership base, um, is that vibrational impact. And, and so that's why it's, it's not real popular yet, because it's not easy. It's, it's not simple to explain. And there's no like, okay, do these three easy steps, and then you'll have enlightenment. And it, it's just not that. <laughs> um, and so, so it's not, it doesn't make it easily consumable. Um, right now, the people who are practicing it are the way showers. They are the pathfinders. They are the ones that are willing to be divergent and say, um, I think we're being called to do this differently. Over time, we'll start to see more social proof of that, and then more and more people will jump on it. But, but we're building that together. And so, and, and what we're talking about is the concept that when we choose to come together, now let's take it a little bit broader because everybody in existence, everything that you see around you is simply a projection of what's happening within you. You know, this has been dialogued about Plato with the allegory of the cave and the matrix and tons of other theories and stuff on the fact that, you know, Buddhism covers it, Hinduism covers it. Like this idea that, that this is the illusion, right? And, and that in and of itself is a vague concept. But, but if you can kind of grasp that the stuff that you're seeing is a reflection of your own internal belief system 
um, your programs and everything else that, that you're equipped with, then you can start to piece together like, okay, if that stands to reason that, um, you know, the building you're sitting in and all these other things were, are, are something you expect to see, then the people in your existence, you know, that, that has to be true for them as well. We don't like to hear that, especially with uh, the people that we feel are special people in our lives, like family and close friends and that kind of thing. But, but ultimately, the, the way I got over the hump of, of that kind of disbelief was, was to picture everybody in my existence as like an avatar in a game I'm playing. Um, that doesn't mean that your partner isn't real or your kids aren't real. Like, don't let your mind get wrapped up in the details of that, but just just be willing to play the game for a little bit and you're, you'll start to see patterns develop or not develop, but you'll start to see them kind of come to the surface so you can take a look at them. And the, the real backbone of this theory rests on the idea that we communicate three different ways. We communicate with our words, we communicate with our bodies and we communicate energetically. We always sense the energy first. And when there's an incongruity there, and things are off, like the energy signature is sending out something, but the words are saying something different or the body's expressing something different. They creates this real kind of dissonance within us. Like we don't like being uncomfortable around incongruity. And so when you are not dealing with something inside of yourself, there are these subtle signals that get sent out that your energy signature. Um, this is why one of the steps of, of the work that we do is, re, you know, attuning people to their individual resonance. Um, but, but if, if you're there, if you're not attuned to that, then these real subtle signals get sent out and it, and it's like, like, let's say you're insecure about some aspect of your body. Body image is a great example. So you're like, um, you know, you think you're fat. You woke up this morning and you're like, ah, I'm so fat. Awesome. Great. So now energy wise, you're going, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. Tell me I'm fat. Make me feel insecure about this. Da, da, da. And it's being sent out. And even if you're like chastising yourself, you train your thoughts and you never say it out loud energy wise, you're asking for that reflection to be presented to you. So when you start getting feedback about that, or somebody says, Oh, wow, you look like you've put on weight, like, again, God forbid, your partner's playing that role for you. But you know, anyway, that you know, it happens. And the first place we go to is like, here's a real person. They just said real words. I just heard them. I mean, you could videotape them, have it on record. This actually occurred. We think that that's concrete and we grip it and we're like, they did this and they did that and da, 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 da. Well, we're not owning the fact that we asked them to do that, right? And we really are powerless but to do what people are asking us to do energetically until we start to become aware of that. And even then, we will still play those roles out but we can do it with a level of awareness. And the way that this has played out with Justin and I is that over time I got really clear. Um, like I would, I would do this little like tirade about something and I'm like, well, you said this and da, 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 da. And then immediately I'd be done with it and go, Oh, like, what was that? Like, and finally I got to the place of my own awareness where I was able to look at him and go just for the record, like that is not me. Like, I don't believe those things. But it was so real in the moment. I started asking, what is this? Like, I, I felt like a puppet. And I'm like, I, surely I have more self-awareness and self-control than this. You know, why would I be going off on this tangent when I don't believe it? I don't feel that way. And those words don't feel true to me. Like, what, why am I doing this? Over time, I was able to piece together that it was, I was responding to an energy 
pull an energy pull from him asking me to constantly replay this like record, this script because he wasn't facing it within himself. And it finally got to the point where I'm, I'm like, look, I'm fine playing this role for you, but I'm absolutely happy to stop. Like, please let me know when you're done with this, you know? And so, it, but that's a kind of real abstract things that I'm talking about. And you can, you can see now why a lot of people don't tackle this kind of thing. Cause it's like, you're looking at two real people having this dialogue, right? Yeah. And you do have to be in, I mean, I think you have to have done already a considerable amount of work to get to that space where you're able to have those kinds of conversations that, that you and Justin have about these kinds of things. I'm, I'm so curious what, I mean, he's not here. You can't really speak for him, but it, say you're telling the story of that moment when you, when you say to him, like, I'm, I'm happy to stop playing this role for you whenever you're ready to, to stop needing me to, you know, what was, what was his process with that? Like, you know, I think that that's, I'd be really curious to just hear a little bit about that. Well, just is not normal. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, like, I'm sure that anybody listening already gets that being married to me is, is quite, the interesting thing to embark upon. And so it's, you know, but he, we, we've always been very forthcoming that this is the journey. Like there was, I was not shy early on. Like we didn't meet until I was like 33. Like I had already been a government agent. Like I'd lived on my own. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd done a few things in my existence. I didn't need him to complete me. And so moving into the space of relationship, we built our marriage on the idea of bringing each other closer to God, you know, to that connection with, with our, our highest aspects, whatever that was going to bring. So, so we were very clear about that in the beginning. And so um, it, it didn't come to any surprise as any surprise to him, but it, but that doesn't make it easier for some of our more um, resistant pieces to accept. Yeah. And so there, there's real feelings and real hurt and real like resistance and real dialogue around that. And, and, and it went in phases, right? he's always been phenomenal about allowing me to move through my understanding of things and being the, the kind of catalyst for that. And so by, by the time that I became aware of this stuff, the, the, you know, there had been many, many things that we had worked through that were quite unusual to where I don't think this came as any surprise, but again, it, it wasn't, that didn't make it any easier. You know, you still have to address the ego pieces that go screw you, you know? And I, and I'm glad that you brought up the fact that, I'm hesitant to present this work to a lot of people because then we'll immediately go to a lack of self-responsibility. So, so I feel like I need to caveat this and say, understand this. Like if you're getting triggered by that situation, that trigger is yours to deal with. And you're not in a position to have clarity around what is the other person's and to move into that space just creates a lot of resentment in relationship. And so each person has to be willing to own they're part of that. And, and so my part in that process is being able to stand in that space, play that role for him. And while it might've appeared that I was attached to or, or, or really in it, my experience of it was as an observer. I felt untouched by it. And that's when I finally got clarity. But in the beginning, that was not the case. We were in the mix and the murk and the mire together. Like it was like, bleh. it's like, you know, like we're digging around in mud together, like flinging it at each other. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the time to go, but this is yours and this is yours. And it was like, all right, stop. And it goes back to what we talked about before. You can't deny the fact that 
it, it, it's his, it's mine, but then there's also this relationship entity and the relationship mm -hmm. entity starts to grow and develop and take on a life of its own. And there got a point where I had to honestly admit to him, I'm like, I don't see you clearly right now because I'm seeing through this relationship entity and that relationship entity houses all of my crap and all of your crap. And it's like, for me to say, this is all yours. It's like, it, it, it's just not that clear, mm -hmm. you know? Not yeah. to mention the fact that you start to merge into kind of the same being and it's like, oh, now we get all kinds of tricky. Right. <laughs> I love that you spoke to that relationship entity because I think, I think naming that is really important. I don't think we necessarily talk about that enough. I had an experience just recently where I ran into a friend I hadn't seen for a long time and, you know, I asked him how he was and he shared that he and his wife had split up and I felt this, this sadness. And I went I, and I said to Daniel, it's almost like, like somebody died, you know, it's like, because, because the entity, that third person doesn't exist anymore. You know, now it's just mm -hmm. them, their own individual process. So, if, and, and I think giving voice to that, that entity is so important in helping us to move through some of the things that we move through, especially when there's challenges um, or if there is a separation, you know, to be able to really, to really grieve the loss of that, that third person or to really, you know, be in the conscious creation of that, that third entity. And what is that? And what's the vehicle? This is a conversation that Daniel, my husband and I have together sometimes is like, you know, what's, what's the purpose of this third entity? What, what, what is this third entity's mission here on earth? Like what's, what are we here to do together as this, as this unified being that happens when the two become one like that? Well, and let's make no mistake about it. Like the vast majority of the population that aren't having this conversation and, <laughs> you know, and, and so I really want to honor you and, and your willingness to move into that space with Daniel, because it, it takes all of us being willing to step up and say, I think this can look different. I think that we can do this different. I think, you know, I, I recently wrote a post about an article Justin had written and in it, I, I, I said, you know, we committed to creating a relationship that did not try to push each other down or step on each other or tear into each other. Like, like early, early, early on, you know, people, if, if the listeners are like, Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I want that. This has been a journey. And so early on where it started was I would find myself really flustered because I'd be like, okay, this is coming up for me. I have no way of communicating it to you in a way that doesn't either abdicate my power or try to take yours. Like all of the methods of communication I had available to me or that I had seen modeled were toxic, you know? And it's like, let me tell you my feelings. And when you did this, I felt this. And I'm like, ugh, like where's the ownership in any of that? And it's like, why? Like, like why can't we concoct and, and construct a way of, of, of being in relationship where that doesn't have to happen? And I called it the power hot potato. And it's like, you get triggered by somebody and you may sit quietly for a little bit, but that little piece of you is fuming and scheming and trying to figure out a way to get it back. And then the next thing you know, a half hour to an hour later, whenever it is, sometimes two weeks later, but it's going to get it back. And then it throws a zinger and it's like, okay, ha ha ha. Now I'm on top. And then you just mm -hmm. throw this like power back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, you know, Justin, I really had to consciously say, okay, let's just set it down. Like, okay, one, two, three, go, drop it, you know? And it's like, how, how do you do that? You know, because you're all working through your pieces and parts and it, but it's, it, 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 you don't happen into this. This is a discipline. It's a conscious choice to say, I'm not 
going to buy into these programs and ideologies that I don't agree with. But then you've got to go looking for the models that do fit for you. Yeah. And I think, I think it's an interesting, um, you know, coincidence or just similarity that both you and Justin and Daniel and I committed our relationship as a vehicle for spiritual growth and personal development. I mean, that was, that was the understanding of when we came together, that that's what we were doing here, that we were doing this work and that it wasn't always going to be easy, but that we were committed to becoming better people through this vehicle of relationship. And this is something that I work with my clients on too, but I do, I do think that having it as the foundation there's something to that. There's something to the origin story. It doesn't mean that you can't come to a place in relationship if you both decide or like realize that that's what you're doing together and that you can then make a conscious choice from there on to continue in that way. But naming it is really, really important, I think, in, in allowing it to be that. Right. And, and I'm hearing right now too, like I get it that there's some people listening who've been in marriage for 20 years, 30 years. And for sure, when you have established patterns of behavior that aren't this, it is challenging to rewrite those, but it absolutely can be done. Like it's, it's easier to build on that foundation um, from the beginning, but that's not the situation a lot of you are in. And so, so like, what are, what are your options? Like you're going to break off that relationship and go build another one from scratch. Like it, it doesn't, the person him or herself doesn't matter. Like it's the, it's the concepts and are you willing to grow through it? And so that's the situation you created work within that situation, because I'm telling you the grass is always greener concept is never true. Yeah. And so work with what you've got and say, Hey, you know, can we commit to this? I, I you know, I, I can't tell you how many clients I have who are in situations where one party, their perception is one party wants to grow and the other one doesn't. Right. Well, what I find more often than not is it's not, that's not truth. What, what is true is that the, the way or the reasons why one person wants to grow aren't pure, you know? And so a lot of times we'll say, well, I just want to grow. And I, and it's usually a female say, I just want to grow. And she, you know, he won't meet me there and da, 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 all this stuff. And it's like, but the, there's no, the, they're not owning their, that energy signature piece again. And, and they're, they're, fearful of really stepping into that space and so they're creating this energy signature that says you know don't agree with me don't agree with me don't agree with me because then that keeps them from really ha really having to step into that space and take responsibility so it's so convenient to be able to create a situation where um the other person's holding you back they're holding me back like i just can't you know come they won't catch up they won't meet me in that space and it's like yeah i'm not sure that's all that's going on there you know and when you can start to unfold that and, and again, your indicator is if you're upset by that, you've got work to do still. Like, like if you're able to look at the situation with love and detachment and from an observer's perspective and say, you know, they're choosing something different, then, then you're probably sitting in a space where perhaps you're right. Perhaps they aren't all that interested in moving into that evolution, but that's not the case 99% of the time. When, when people find me in that situation, they're upset. And they're, they're freaking out about it. And that's always my indicator of like, okay, what is in this for you? Like they're playing a role. They can't step, step into that space until you release them from playing that role. You're asking them to stay in the role of the resistant one because then you don't have to face this. And it's like the very thing you say you want, you're perpetuating the opposite. But, but again, that's where this stuff gets really abstract because yeah. how does that make any sense to anybody's mind, you know? Right.
Right. But we know it's true. You know, when you bring it up, the, the, the resonance is undeniable. The, the truth of it is undeniable. But the, the, the smaller aspects of us can argue it all day long. And I don't understand. And what does that mean? And, da, 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 da. and it's like, what, what it means is that you're not doing your own internal work. And don't start looking and pointing fingers until you are sure that you're detached and that you really manage this. And detachment is not disconnection too. So we'll see a lot of apathy happen in this phase where people are like, well, I'm just giving, you know, I, I don't still, I'm, I'm totally detached from their decision. I'm like, no, you gave up. Like you're apathetic. That's a different place to be than detachment. Detachment is love and expansion and connection. Even when you might not be traveling on the same road. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's such a really important distinction to make because I don't think that our, our language is really all of that wonderful at explaining some of these different states. Um, and we have a lot of different ideas of detachment and there can be a lot of you know, negative stories put on, on that, but it is such a different space to be in to really be able to be holding, sometimes I call it the witness seat, um, in in an experience and and i think it's true you cannot be in the witness seat and be triggered at the same time well and and i want to honor you because that's really what you bring to the conversation and and you asked me earlier why this show and and i think that you just got really close to why this show is because in traditional uh, I, I actually traditional is a bad word in um the worlds that i came from um, there, there, what you said is true there that we don't have a lot of language for it. We don't have a lot of construct for it, but there are spaces and cultures and people who don't require verbal constructs, right? They exist in different spaces and, and we need to pull on those now more than ever to say, you know what? Our minds aren't going to understand this. They can't guide us. And that's why when we started implementing the individual resonance piece within the superpower experts model, it changed everything because you can be confused, but you can't deny resonance. How you sense it, how you experience it is your best indicator of really where you're sitting. The words are confusing. We can, we can bastardize the words. We can make them sound pretty. We can hyper intellectualize them. That's, we're seeing people who are way overcoached themselves, right? They start believing their own bullshit. And it's like, at the end of the day, like if you feel expansive, if you feel light, if you feel like you're in this high vibration and you feel connected to source and oneness and, and everything around you, then you can pretty clearly state that you're in a position to hold the witness seat or to be the observer. If you're not, then get off your high horse, do your work until you're back in that space because it's toxic and it's dangerous when we have people going around flinging that stuff at each other um, really as a way to hide their own fear. We have a lot to learn from the spaces that you have sat in, from the people you have learned from and from the, the kind of essence that you bring into the dialogue um, that that adds an overlay that that the hyper linear and hyper logical worlds can't illustrate they 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 have no frame of reference for and we the merging of all of that is where we find the secret sauce mm, yeah and i i think about it really 
it's like getting out of the head and into the heart. You know, one of the the 13 grandmothers, Grandma Aggie, she says the longest journey you'll ever take is the 18 inches from your head down to your heart. Mm. And, and, you know, the, so for those listening who don't know any of my background, I've, I've spent a lot of time in ceremony with a lot of different traditional elders from lineages from around the world. And I, I continue to do so. And I continue to seek out their wisdom because it makes sense to me. It resonates with something really deep in my being that, that doesn't, um, that hasn't found, um, hasn't been met by what I've been offered by the culture that I was raised in, um, by our, you know, mainstream culture. And so, so I really actively sought that out in my life and, and have been fortunate enough to find really, really amazing, beautiful human beings to, who have been willing to share their ceremonies with me and, and share their, their wisdom with me that way. And, and, um, and their languages actually do have words for these things. And I think that's a, that's part of the difference is that there is a there is a an ability to speak to some of these states because their language includes words. Um, you know, there is one word for the spirit that moves through things in in the Lakota language. You know, there's like there's there's individual words in in Navajo that that we have to string together all of these different you know, we have to find all of these different words and constructs and try to piece them together to be able to make some semblance of what that one word is able to translate vibrationally. I mean, that's true in like the Sanskrit language too. Um, these are vibrational languages. And, and so there's a resonance and an understanding that's carried there. And, and it moves through into, into the way that the people that I've worked with, the way that they hold themselves, the way they carry themselves, the way they live their lives and the way that they express in the world. And it's, it's just been tremendously valuable for me. So um, I feel like I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I just wanted to thank you, Tonya, for, for giving me this opportunity to, to have this platform, to have these conversations with people, to talk about um, relationships in the way that you and I have been talking about it today, to, to bring on some experts in the realm of, of sacred sexuality and really how we, how we honor these body temples that we've been given to inhabit here and how to really sort of turn the turn the lens on on you know what we've been taught culturally sex is supposed to look like and supposed to feel like and supposed to be um i was talking to a friend the other day who's her 16 year old son found some or she found porn on his ipad you know and it was like this this huge conversation i appreciated so much something that she brought forward to him and really for me like is a huge catalyst for, for why I, I wanted to do this show. She said to him, you know, I just want to make it really clear to you that what you see there is, is not what sex actually looks like between two people who, who love one another and who come together in that space of, of attraction. That's what you're, what you're seeing on that screen is theater. That's, that's theatrics that has been, that has been orchestrated for you to, to, to create an effect, you know, but I think that so many of us nowadays are, um, you know, if we're, if we're raised in that pornographic culture and we, that's, those are the images that we take in constantly, we, that we get this idea that that's what sex is supposed to look like. And I think oftentimes that can, especially for women, take them outside of their bodies, outside of their direct experience. You know, it's like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to, this is the noise I'm supposed to make in this moment. And this is like, 
you know, what I'm supposed to be doing instead of really being present to their experience because I think sex can be such a powerful vehicle for awakening um, and, and for expression and for consciousness here on this, on this planet if we, if we give it the space and we allow it to be so, just like as we've been talking about relationships being that vehicle too. Um, hmm, so, beautiful. Yeah. One thing I want to add to what you were saying is that you mentioned that the, the various cultures and tribes that, you, that you've worked with, and I don't even like the word work, that you've, that you've been in the presence of, um, and integrated with, um, have words for them. And, and, and I, I think a distinction is important. I, I, I agree with you that there are words and what I sense about them is they're not words. I mean, they, obviously they are words. What, what I, what I think is so crucial about language, you know, we, I mean, we could have a whole show on the power of language, right. Within different cultures, but the, it's not, it's a, it's an essence, right. There's, and, and, and not that, not that other cult, like every culture's language has an essence to it, but mm-hmm. the sense that I'm getting the real importance is like, yes, there's a verbal thing. Like the constructs have to be there. We have to build constructs. We have to have language. Otherwise we, we, we have, we, you know, we, we have to start somewhere. Right. And you and I have gone around and around about this a lot because I was hesitant to put construct to anything. And it's like, at some point you have to kind of call things out just so we can take a look at it. Um, but to be really cautious about the um, essence and the energy of, of, of what we're saying. And to me, that's the real magic in um, a lot of those cultures. And, it, and we can say the word, but if we lose the essence, and, and for me, that's, mm-hmm. that's really what you bring to the table is the embodiment of the essence of all that. So it's great that you can teach and you have the words and everything else, but had you not agreed to um, integrate the essence of it and to present it. And of course you're not doing it as a member of that tribe. Like, like I, I'd imagine you've, you've gotten hit with some of that before, but it's that that's the beauty of what you do is it is this kind of integrative experience and you're bringing it forward in a way that is evolutionary in my opinion, um, that, that tying it all together. And so they're not words. They're not just words. The, the, the beauty in them is the, um, eons of, of culture and everything else that they go into it um, to have crafted the word, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think, I think you're right with that essential piece, um, you know, the essence, um, because something that I, I've hit on recently, actually, you know, as I was really sitting, cause I have been, I have, you know, I, I don't want to claim to be a representative of any, indigenous tribe by any stretch of the imagination you know that's that doesn't feel um congruent or in integrity or alignment for me what's true is that i have been very fortunate and very blessed to have been able to sit in in a lot of different ceremonies from a lot of different ways and i've learned a lot from that but what i've really learned from the most is the elements and that that essence that is carried forward i think that's why um you know, what you spoke to about that embodiment piece, that's the piece that I've been really working on. Like, I've, yes, I've learned from these beautiful human beings who have been carrying these lineages that are so precious to me and I think so valuable in this time, especially that we're in right now on this earth. But part of why they're so valuable on this earth is because they were born from this earth and they were born from the elements that this earth is made up of. And so I, while I have learned so much from these elders and from these individual human beings, I have learned just as much, if not more from the wind, from the water, from the fire. Um, And, 
from the plants, you know, from the plant spirits themselves. And, and so there's, there's just a tremendous amount of, of knowledge that I think we, we have this tendency to try to look for in humans. Um, and, and it's, and that's why this whole piece about the body is so important because for me, the body is like returning to that, that earth element. Our body is made up of all of these earth elements. And that's why landing in it, if we're going to be present here on this planet is so important. Learning how to be in right relationship with our body is so important because if we are in right relationship with our bodies, with our physical form, then it's much more likely that we're going to be able to be in right relationship with this planet that we inhabit. And I think part of why we've fallen out of right relationship with this planet is because somewhere along the line we got so caught up in our minds so taken out of not only our hearts but our wounds our feet like our our bodies we're just we're so few of us are really present here in this skin um that's made up of all of these beautiful elements mm, i agree and, and 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 everything you just said is the reason why you're the perfect person to host this dialogue. And, and I, I can't honor you enough. I, I can't, um, I can't express how, how much I honor you enough because they're, they're, you know, you're not purporting to be something you're not. And you've really um, taken a ton of effort and, and energy and work to, to make sure that what you're embodying is purely you and giving um, credit to all of the various influences and that really is the beauty and everything that, that you do. Um, and, and it's important. It's important to sit solidly in your own power of that and also give credit. Wow. She's like, she's like, that's right. You will listen to me, darn it. She just got way excited about something. Oh yes. Yeah. So the, um, you know, that's, that's that element that you bring into it and how important it is to, to stand in that power, but then also really humbly, um, know that it's so much bigger than that. And, and you, you really do embody that beautifully. Thank you. Um, well, I feel like, you know, Tonya and I are renowned for being able to talk for hours and so <laughs> and Callie Callie wants to be included in that too the seven pound schnauzer <laughs> um, but I just really want to thank you so much Tonya for for giving me this platform for coming on and being my first guest and and um and for just being you and who you are in the world um, I'm so grateful for you and I hope that everybody out there who is listening to this today got a tremendous amount of value and um, again, you can go to superpowerexperts.com to learn more about Tonya, to learn more about me, to learn more about this work that we're doing collaboratively together in the world, to come be a part of it with us, join in the superpower net. There's like really amazing stuff that, that, we're, that we're launching here, that we're on the brink of, that, is, that we're inside of. It's just, we want to share it. We want you to be a part of it with us. So thank you again so, so much. And until next time, go and love yourself so that you can love the world more fully. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.